Welcome to another edition of the Word of God. And this edition is one of the most important that we will do the entire church year. It's called Holy Week. Now, what is Holy Week? As we work through Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, we will be looking at each day being a significant time frame in the life of Jesus Christ. That is his final week. Actually, we'll be starting Easter Sunday the following week. And so we will go through Holy Saturday. So you wonder what are the titles? What are the names? Holy Week. Why is it called Holy Week? And why do we celebrate Holy Week? Well, we are celebrating Holy Week because it's an opportunity for you and me during that week to meditate on the last days of Christ. And these scriptures from the daily lectionary that I'll be sharing with you and asking you to read and think about and pray about are ones that should draw you closer to Christ in an effort for you to pay attention to what that means for your own spiritual life. So we begin with Palm Sunday, where he enters Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, and he announces, they announce that he is the King of David, he is, he is the Savior, he is wonderful, he's great, he's praised, there's palm branches, and it is a glorious day. And then he spends a week in and around Jerusalem until he's finally turned in by his disciple Judas. All of you know that story very well. So we have Monday in Holy Week, we have Tuesday in Holy Week, we have Wednesday in Holy Week, and then we have Maundy Thursday. And I'll tell you more about Maundy Thursday when we get there uh, and look at the Thursday and Good Friday. So this time, instead of looking at the Old Testament, New Testament gospel, this time I'm gonna look at them by days. And then we will end up with Holy Saturday. So if you are not familiar particularly with Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, I hope that you will stay with us so that uh, we can learn what those days are and what scriptures have been chosen for those days. So we're trying to match the day with scriptures that help us with that day. That's why the seasons are very important in Anglicanism, in the Episcopal Church. And remember, we started with Advent, then we went to Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, and of course, after Lent is Easter. We'll celebrate Christ's resurrection, which we will do next week. Finally, before we start with Palm Sunday, I pray that you will have a very, very blessed Holy Week. It's a most important week of the year, and I pray that these scriptures and any other devotions that you might do that week be a great, great blessing to you. All right, so let's do something a little bit different by starting with Palm Sunday, and we're starting with Zechariah 9, Zechariah 12, Zechariah 13, 1 Timothy 6, and Matthew 21. Now, I'm obviously not going to go through each of those verses with you because that would take a very long time. But Zechariah, read those. You say, where in the world is Zechariah? Well, he's a minor prophet at the end of the Old Testament. And he has some amazing prophecies about Jesus coming in and riding in to Jerusalem about suffering and dying for us. And so, again, that's Zechariah 9, 9 to 12, Zechariah 12, 9 through 11, and Zechariah 13, 1, 7 through 9. 
Now, in, at All Saints, we have a very exciting and thrilling and joyful Palm Sunday. We celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which has been prophesied by the prophets, particularly Zechariah, for a very, very long period of time. And so you would think that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, let's uh, look at Matthew 21. When he came into Jerusalem, everybody would be excited and just wonderfully excited about that. And that is chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And so he comes into Jerusalem and he is triumphant. There's this great scripture in chapter 21, verse 5, which quotes uh, Zechariah. He's quoting Zechariah in verse 5. And uh, he takes his place as this wonderful, glorified king that is going to deliver the people. As it says in verse 11, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. In 12 to 17, he cleanses the temple. So he begins his ministry after he comes into um, Jerusalem. And he's going to cause lots of consternation among the Jewish leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, religious people. And when you look at Matthew 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25, you're going to see that friction between those uh, persons. Before chapter 21 of Matthew, we have Jesus's um, ministry in Galilee and in different places in the area. He comes into Jerusalem in chapter 21, and his death uh, can be seen in chapter 26 and 27, his resurrection in chapter 28. Now, Monday, we have three scriptures. This is Monday uh, in Holy Week. We have Jeremiah 12, Philippians 3, in John 12. In Philippians, we have this desire of Paul to give his whole life to Christ, who has given his life to him. And so I love um, Philippians chapter 3. He's pressing on to make Christ his own because of what Christ has done for him. He is grateful for all that Christ has done for him. When Christ dies for us, he is grateful that he has given him his life. And in, in that life, he is profoundly blessed. And he is um, rejoicing that Christ would die for him, totally undeserving. Let's look briefly at Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and set them apart from the day of slaughter. Chapter 12, verse 3. How long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither? For the evil of those who dwell in it, the beasts and the birds are swept away because they said, he will not see our latter end. And so you see the sheep for the slaughter. Jesus is like a lamb led to the slaughter. Now that's not an obvious indication of Jesus' death, but we have snippets, if you will, of Jesus's, or the Messiah, the future Messiah's death. And so we prepare for that in Holy Week and we reflect upon those uh, particular scriptures. If we look at Tuesday in Holy Week, we go to Jeremiah 15, 10 through 21. So again, we are juxtaposing 
Jeremiah, and Philippians, and John. So those are the choices for Tuesday in Holy Week. Again, there's not a specific name like Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, or Holy Saturday. It's uh, Holy uh, Tuesday in Holy Week. Some people call it Holy Tuesday. In chapter 15, 10 to 21, uh, Jeremiah is complaining about uh, his mother that bore him, a man of strife and contention to the whole land. Uh, uh, why did you create me? Why was I born? Uh, oh Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why do I have to suffer like this? Well, that's very much the way Jesus suffered. Look at what's happening to me. This is unjust. And so he's, they're looking for a scripture that kind of emulates and somehow gets fairly close to the idea of Jesus dying for us and Jesus giving up himself for us. In John chapter 12, 20 to 26, that's the uh, gospel reading for that date. The gospel reading is 12, 20 to 26. Some Greeks seek Jesus. He says the hour in verse uh, 23 has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now Jesus is going to die a terrible, horrible death, but he's talking about being glorified. So he's already looking past the cross. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So then he says quite famously in verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So Jesus is going to die so that we can have new life. Again, another beautiful scripture given to us in the daily lectionary to think about what it means to die, to think about what it means to sacrifice yourself. To think about what it means to go through suffering, and which is Holy Week is about, is a preparation for this man's death. On Wednesday in Holy Week, we have Philippians chapter 4, back to Philippians again. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And he's talking about rejoicing, and he's talking about the Lord being at hand. And he's talking about prayer and supplication, letting your, uh, your requests be known unto God. So it's a much more positive, uplifting uh, idea. Um, so the Lord is with us. I can do all things with Christ, which strengthens me. Verse 13. And so we have this powerful display of God is with me. God is going to take care of me. I am going to rejoice in the Lord. Even though this is going to be difficult and this is going to be painful, the Lord is going to provide for my needs. And so it's a very important perspective that you want to have when you're going through painful um, and difficult and suffering moments. In, on Wednesday in Holy Week, we're looking at John 12, 26, 27, uh, beginning at the 27th verse, John chapter 12. Um, let's look at 12, 27. 1227. Now my soul is troubled. We go back to Jesus again. He's troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. I have glorified it and will glorify it again, God speaks. So here we see the humanity of Jesus. He's troubled. He's disturbed. He's in anguish. He knows what's getting ready to happen. This is something that he saw before the beginning of creation. Something he knew was going to happen. And that time has finally come. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew what was going to happen? You knew it way in advance. It's finally come. Here we are. Here we are. And God 
speaks for the third time, his baptism, the transfiguration, and now before he dies, before he's led to the slaughter, a sheep led to the slaughter, slaughter, he says, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Okay, God comforts him, God blesses him. Then he says in verse 31, now is the judgment of this world, now will the ruler of this world be cast out, and when I am lifted up from the earth on the cross, I will draw all men, all people, to myself. So he's telling you quite courageously, quite amazingly, here's what's going to happen to me. This is going to be painful, very painful, but this is what God's purpose is for us in order to save. Now, Monday, Thursday is a very interesting date in the church calendar because it is a date where we celebrate the giving of Holy Communion to the church, where Jesus celebrates the Last Supper. We also celebrate the fact that God tells us to love one another. Now, the lectionary reading in John 17 is, and this is the chapter right before 18, which begins uh, his preparation for death, is about what we call the high priestly prayer, where God Almighty and Jesus are coming together as one and having this extraordinary conversation uh, between them and about their relationship. Now remember, Christianity supports the idea of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The same substance, three gods, one substance, okay? Each with different uh, responsibilities in the Godhead. All of them are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But each of those persons have different responsibilities. So that God, the Father, is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not God. But each of them do, are equal with one another. And they share different responsibilities in the Godhead. And so in John 17, we have this amazing conversation. When Jesus had spoken these words, verse 1, he lifted his eyes up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. That's the beginning of this amazing conversation between them. I strongly suggest that you read that. We also have 1 Corinthians 10 and 1 Corinthians 11, which go into detail about the Lord's Supper, which is what we celebrate on Maundy Thursday. It's a strange name, isn't it? Maundy. Uh, and it has to do with the giving of the Holy Communion. And it has to do with the command to love one another in John 13. And so uh, Maundy Thursday has a lot of uh, very strong imagery to it. And I hope and pray that you'll be able to go to church if you are able to on that particular, um, in that particular day. On Good Friday, as most of you know, if not all of you, we are celebrating the death of Christ. Now, in your journey in Lent, as you've journeyed these five weeks, and we're at the sixth week called Holy Week, you have prepared yourself for this big day, the death of Christ. So Christ dies, and he dies at 3 p.m. Now, he begins his descent earlier in the day, and he stays on the cross. Now, he is naked on the cross, and they have taken everything away from him. Uh, and uh, all the disciples have fled, and Jesus is in a very, very, very bad situation. He has a cross. He's got two people on, 
Uh, he's in the middle, and there's two on the side of him, one on the left, one on the right. They've done some very heinous things. And so Good Friday calls us to meditate on his death. Now we have, interestingly, Genesis 22, 1 to 14. Now what's Genesis 22, 1 to 14 about? That's when God told Abraham to go up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice his son Isaac and to kill him. And he had the knife and he was getting ready to kill him, but he stopped. And so we see in Genesis 22, long, long time ago, the idea of the father and the son and the son's death, okay? But of course, Isaac does not die. And we see the preparation that God gives us for the death of his son. Remember, this is the second person of the Holy Trinity. This is a, this is a divine person that's going to die. So that's a beautiful scripture. In John chapter 19, let's look at John chapter 19, 38 to 42. John chapter 19, 38 to 42. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, what are these things? He's dead. He dies. And Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, remember he was um, uh, a very, uh, very wealthy man, asked Pilate that he may take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So Jesus is dead. They wrapped him up in linen. They had to get him down before the Sabbath began. And so now he's got to find a place to die, to be buried, I'm sorry. And that person is a rich man named Joseph of Arimathea. And he asked for the body, which Pilate granted him, as I just read. Nicodemus, remember John chapter 3, about being born again. Also, who had earlier come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds in weight. So they were going to prepare his body. So they took the body of Jesus, they bound it with linen cloths and with spices, as the barrow custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid him there. So, Jesus has been crucified. He is dead. Joseph takes his body. Nicodemus also helps him prepare. And they figure he's dead, and that's the end of that. And so on Holy Saturday, we celebrate his death. We celebrate the fact that he is in the ground, if, as it were. But no, technically, he's not. He's in a new tomb, and he's laid to rest. And he is wrapped in alloys. He is definitely not alive. He is definitely dead. That's very important. So on Monday, Thursday, he celebrates the, la the Lord's Supper with his disciples. On Good Friday, well, actually, on Monday, Thursday, he never goes to sleep that night because they arrest him at night. And he stays up all night for the trial, of which he is condemned unjustly. And then in the morning, he is crucified and dies at 3 p.m. They take his body down and they bury him. And so Holy Saturday is this extraordinary day, which maybe you haven't celebrated before, but you just kind of reflect on the burial of Christ. And so we have the great scripture in Job, Hebrews chapter four, and Romans chapter eight, which is interest, an interesting scripture because it, it has to do with the flesh and the spirit. And so it's kind of uplifting actually. 
uh, an uplifting scripture as we wait to see what's going to happen. Now remember, Jesus has told them three times that he's going to be raised from the dead. But in the travail of the moment, in the travail of the week, they probably have forgotten that he said that. But once he's raised from the dead, which we'll see when we meet next week, we'll see this fantastic miracle, the, the miracle of miracles, if you are. Now, finally, you want to take Holy Week slowly. You want to take it prayerfully. If you have an opportunity to go to different services during the week, please take advantage of that. Certainly spend some time with these scriptures and prepare yourself for Jesus' death and resurrection. You might want to do some fasting that week. You might want to do a little bit more Bible study and more reflection. You might want to pay attention to services. You might want to clear up your calendar so you'll have more time with the Lord. So I pray that you'll have a beautiful Holy Week and please come back next week as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ and what that means for the Christian faith. God bless you.